Begin Podfix Network transmission. In three, two, one. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fish Nerds, a show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, your best friend. And you may not have noticed this, but we are rolling the odometer on the podcast today to episode 300. So Doc Martin is with me. Hi, Doc. Woo! Yay! Hi! You were with me for episode 200. I was. That was a pretty exciting week for me. On my boat. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. And this one snuck up on me. You know, actually, this is... Episode number 300, but I did a little podcast math, which you should never do. And actually, I've released over 500 episodes if you count all the bonus stuff I've done. So sometimes oh I'll release, gosh. like, you know, back in November, we did 30 shows in a month. Well, I've done that three years in a row. Mm-hmm. So that's, what, 90 shows in addition. So there's oh over... Gosh. Yeah. So there are, and then a lot of other stuff here and there. So over 500 uh, things have been released, but this is our 300th official episode, and I'm happy that you're with us. You've been with us since almost the beginning. Pretty close, yeah. Quite a long time. What, what number episode I was, but it was what? Gosh. 2013, 14? I, I was going to guess 2013, yeah. Yeah, quite a long time ago. So. Wow. And I think, 10 years? God, I know, right? What, and it, I've never figured out how to make money on this. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I, but I don't care anymore because I just enjoy talking about fish. So we're happy to be here. That's uh, right. Yeah. So um, before we get too deep in, Doc, you're working on some stuff. You're working on a journal entry and you're looking for photos. Can you tell us about what you're looking for? Yeah, sure. So um, I don't know if the, do I talk about my role as an editor very often on the show? No, I no do it now. Yeah, uh, so I'm the editor for Peer Review Science Journal. Uh, we're called Transactions of the Kansas Academy of Science. Our journal's been around since the mid-1800s, um, and I just took over recently uh, from longtime editors, uh, Pam and Mike Everhart, just the best people. They have been so nice and great in this transition and and hope they enjoy their retirement. But um, Mike is... a paleontologist he works at a museum and a photographer and so one of the things that he and Pam used to do with this is they would have photo essays and photo contests and things like that a lot now as Clay knows um, one of the reasons that I got on the fish nerds originally was because of a terrible drawing that I did Uh, my art has much improved in the last 10 years we call that practice uh, (laughs) still not very good um And so, but I'm also, I'm not a photographer. I take pictures on my phone. That's about as good as it gets. But I do want to continue the the photo essay and photo contests uh, that Pam and Mike had, because I think it's fun. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just look for science-y or nature photos. And so I am inviting the Fish Nerds listeners to enter into a photo contest and we'll publish the top five. Well, that'd be fun. There are some rules. Oh, let's hear it. So I need the images to be at least uh, 300 DPI for resolution purposes. Otherwise, it won't be press quality. And then um, it can be black and white or in color. It doesn't really matter. 
Uh, but I do need a short blurb to go along with it. So, so tell me what is happening in the photo, just a couple sentences Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, sciencey nature. So if you're just a fish or stream or nature enthusiast, and you take a lot of great photos, awesome. Tell me about the photo that you submitted. Please only submit like one per person. I think that's a reasonable thing. Um, and if you're a scientist or science communicator or adjacent and you work in a lab or you do outdoors things or you have students that work under you or whatever that looks like, um, those are also welcome and encouraged. Okay. So, so then the yeah. question is, how are we going to get these pictures to you? Yeah, sure. So um, how about via email? Does that work? Email, email works fine. Sure. Yeah. So uh, why don't we send them to my Gmail address? And so uh, I'll say that now, but then Clay, can you post that in the show notes? Absolutely. Cool. And so my Gmail address is Erica C ecology at gmail.com. And I will spell it. E R I K A C E C O L O G Y at gmail.com. Got it. And it's in the show notes already. So we will make sure that gets out. And we'll also, well, we can make a little Facebook uh, post about it. So people can go to Facebook, our website, fishnerds.com and make sure all the information is out there. And we'd love to see uh, fish nerds listeners flood Erica with, uh, (laughs) with fish pictures. And they're not, we're not really looking for pictures of fish on a hook. This is for, you know, you you want to think environmental stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. Like just, Enjoying the environment or lab or research space or conservation work or appreciation, something like that. Okay. Yeah. These are, these are not the, um, hold up your fish selfie photos. Those are my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Those are great, but those have a different place to be. Right. Not in transactions. No, but when you're out Um, fishing, you're, you're seeing nature, you're seeing beautiful things. Get those shots. Yes, exactly. So shots of maybe your fishing experience would be fine. Okay, good. Um, and then uh, the due date will be uh, March 21st at the end of the day. All right, March 21st, 2022. Get after it because uh, that's coming up fast. So. Yeah, it is. It's pretty soon. We go to press um, in April. And so I have to have kind of everything wrapped up by the end of March to get to um, uh, my press folks. So it has to be a pretty quick turnaround time. But yeah, if you want to, to do that, please do. And if you have any questions, you can find us. Fish nerds are me on Facebook. Ask questions that way too, if you're not sure what to do. Easy enough. I thought we'd, yep. we'd start today with the news, Erica, and see how far we get before I got to cut you off, okay? Sounds good. Because you're not going to be here for the whole episode. You're going to be here for part of the episode. Yeah. And just a brief reminder while Clay's getting the news ready, um, we also have the microplastic sign up, right? So you can still go and sign up there through the end of March as well. Oh, good. Have you gotten some signups for that? Yeah, I did. Well, I haven't checked it in a couple of weeks, um, mm-hmm. but the last time I checked, um, before I shared it, before I shared it, it was just through Fishner signups. We had almost 20. Oh, that's wonderful. And we'll put that link yeah, in the show notes. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then uh, I've shared it to some local folks that are around here, some people that are science communicators that I know, and I actually haven't, I haven't looked recently. So, but right. so well, far, I'm very pleased. Well, I'll put, I'll put it, that link in addition into the show notes as well, so people have it. Yes, all sorts of cool stuff going on in Doc Martin land. All right, let's do some news. news cool. News, fish in the news. Everybody loves their fish in the news. 
All right. Today, the theme of the news is uh, eating fish, Doc. <laughs> we have a couple, right. couple of stories about eating fish. The first one I want to talk about, the headline is, Florida will allow farm-raised largemouth bass to be sold as food. And this is kind of a unique thing. We don't usually see largemouth bass as a table food, except I've seen them in Asian markets. So if you go to like mm. Chinatown, you'll see largemouth bass in tanks there uh, for sale. I'm not even sure it's legal, but I've seen it. So and in, and in most states, most freshwater fish are not legal to sell as food. And so Florida just legalized largemouth bass. And they're actually not a common table food. A lot of uh, fisher people turn their nose up at the idea of eating, eating these fishes. So, but there's, you know, there's some problems that come in with fish farming, with all fish farming, and these going to be no different, I think. Yep. Yeah, that's what I would wonder. I, I'm sure that just the general rules of fish farming concerns apply to largemouth bass as they do with all the other farm fishes. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Florida's had a couple interesting uh, pieces of legislation pass <laughs> last year. Well, let's, let's focus on the fish and not on the, you know, <laughs> on the on the bills that are political, because I think it's a little yeah, bit easier to fine. digest for us, because... You and I agree largely on what's wrong with stuff. But, um, you yeah. know, the, 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 fine, the big controversy with this, though, is not necessarily the environmental problems you get with fish farming. Because Florida mm-hmm. has, uh, I think it's over, over 1,700 freshwater fish farms already, which things like tilapia, catfish, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. this is already common practice in Florida. The biggest concern with this is people are really afraid that northern bass, like from New Hampshire, will get down to Florida and interbreed with their native largemouth basses and then those will escape into the wild and they'll end up with with kind of like a less good strain of fish for fishing for so that's the that's the biggest debate going on with this whole thing so so i have not seen this so you'll have to forgive my ignorance here i'll help you so there are genetically distinct northern largemouth bass Mm -hmm. that florida is concerned Right. will just genetically invade mm-hmm. their southern largemouth bass? Right. Are they're, they actually different taxonomic species? No, they're not. Or is this a genetic diversity? It's diversity. So just like with brook trout, for example, up here in New England, mm-hmm. we have wild brook trout, we have native brook trout, and then we have like mm-hmm. stocked brook trout, which are kind of like this generic brook trout. They're like just the easy to grow brook trout. Yep. I, I, I want and there to- are distinct genetic differences between those. I'm, I'm more familiar with that. For right. Sure. But they're all the same species. They're all the same animal. Mm-hmm. They can interbreed with each other. And then if you travel around New England, you'll find the native brook trout have strains. So like if you go to Kennebec uh, up to Moosehead Lake in Maine, mm-hmm. there's a strain of brook trout called the Kennebec brook trout. And actually yeah, looks different than every other brook trout I've ever seen. In fact, when I caught one, I had to have a biologist look at it and tell me what it was because it didn't look like a brook trout anymore. So you have that, just like any other animal that grows up in an area, it's going to have its, mm-hmm. it's going to match its environment. So Florida's concerned about this happening. So the rules are in place that the only fish they can grow on these fish farms are native, native uh, largemouth bass from Florida. So that's kind of the way the rules are being written now. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm not sure it matters. <laughs> the interesting fun fact is in the northern United States, especially in New England, um, largemouth bass aren't even native fishes up here. They are brought up here from <laughs> Florida back in the 1880s. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's they, right. <laughs> we do have Florida bass up here, but they're just, they've been here so long, they're going to be very different animals because mm-hmm. it's been over, you know, 100 something years. 
I just wonder. So when we talk about uh, like differences in trout and other, I would say maybe the more commonly understood, especially on for me, um, differences between aquaculture fishes and native fishes. Some of the concerns are behavioral differences um, and then just survival differences, which some of that has to do with behavior and some of it doesn't mm-hmm. uh, and susceptibility to disease and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that's probably part of the concern there, but I am totally unfamiliar with differences in aquaculture, largemouth bass versus native largemouth bass. Well, that's I the, don't. That's the interesting thing is I've never heard of aquaculture for uh, largemouth bass before. Yeah. Like to me, this is, such a unique thing because bass are one of those mm-hmm. fishes that like like trout don't sustain themselves when you start moving them around. When you start seeding populations, they don't do great. And that's why we keep stocking trout over and over again because you don't have the population you need to for recreation or people doing with them. They just don't do well. But bass do. You drop a couple of bass in a pond or in a river system, mm-hmm. and if they can reproduce, they're gonna and they're gonna be prolific. And they're gonna like New Hampshire was bassed. One time. <laughs> the bassing of New Hampshire. That's Talk right. all about it. That's right. It was done one time all over the state, mm-hmm. and you never had to do it again. And so bass are such a, you know, they're such a such a um, hardy fish <laughs> that they just do fine. So um, I, I think it's a valid concern, but Florida never mm-hmm. seems to care about native fishes. You know, they've got, their waters are full of invasives. And yeah, so, more uh, than just their water. Florida has a significant general invasive reptiles mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Everything. They've got a, a lot going on down there. Every, is, everything. And not too surprising given, you know, a lot of it is just movement of people. And mm-hmm. There's a lot of people moving around in Florida and traveling to and from tropical climates. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit easier to invade anyway. Not so hard, not such a harsh environment. So they've got kind of ripe for the picking there for any species that wants to take root. <laughs> well, and with fishes, you know, so you always you, know, you think, okay, well, what if I had my largemouth bass farm and I had self-contained, so bass can't escape. There's no rivers coming in. There's no rivers going out. But then you think about Florida, mm-hmm. it gets significant storms. And those storms... <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> those storms are going to wreck all your best plans, and those yep. fish are going to find a way out. So I think it's a valid concern. Uh, but... I, I, I'm just super curious what the market is for it. I'm curious if it's going to work. Would you eat largemouth bass from a fish farm? Hmm. I mean, probably. <laughs> Me I don't too. have anything just distinctly wrong with that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, I, I would be interested in... Are the farm do the are the farmed fish healthier in terms of things like heavy metal contaminants or other pollutants? My guess would be probably yes. Yeah, you probably you can keep uh, they that should, out. They right? Should be better. I don't know that because I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's the ecological footprint of having something farm versus something that's native, right? So, uh, for example, if I'm eating something that's native that's caught wild. Maybe that's good for the population, but maybe it isn't, right? That could you be contributing to something like overfishing. So, right. I, don't, I mean, that's a long answer to a short question, Chloe. To, to say, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's funny because a lot of anglers won't eat bass. Bass tastes delicious, though. They're just a nice flaky white meat, so they taste like whatever. Well, Napoleon Dynamite oh, told yeah. us how delicious bass are. I got you a delicious bass. <laughs> so, I don't think it's a largemouth, though. Yeah, it, okay. it doesn't matter, but but they taste fine. <laughs> they t- taste fine. So the question is, too, and this is the next question, and one of the problems is, 
is so now you get farmed bass. You create a market. People get a taste for bass. Well, mm-hmm. the the next logical marketing thing, just like we see with salmon, is wild caught bass. So people will now market the wildness of their bass, or it's almost like they're oh, like, totally. It's almost like calling it organic, right? So, you, so then it opens up a yeah. whole other um, bucket of worms, I think. So to <laughs> bucket speak, of fish. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> to speak. Anyway, so who knows what's going to happen with this? I'll be keeping an eye on it, and uh, but I'm not totally against. It. I don't. I don't see why you would farm one fish and not another. I don't have a problem with bass as a farmed fish, but there are problems with farms I have a problem with. But I don't care what species there is necessarily. It's just it will fish. be interesting. It will be interesting to see how that plays no, out and to see if there's a no market. No matter what, it's it's guaranteed drummer. Guaranteed. Well, no one's ever going to be happy <laughs> with everything. No. All right. Well, moving on here. A new study just suggests that eating salmon feed fish instead of farm salmon might be a healthier way to live. And, Doc, I, I, I've been – a few years ago, I traveled around a lot, did a lot of public speaking, and I went to the Virginia Aquarium and Marine Science Center, and I did a whole presentation there. And the whole thing about sustainable fisheries and eating wild, sustainable fish was eat the bait. I talked about mm-hmm. eat small, eat low on the food chain, the whole thing. And so the article goes in really deep here on how much, how many, how many tons of small fish have to be cho- chopped up and ground up and fed to farmed fish in order for that farmed salmon to get to your table. So, mm-hmm. so then the suggestion that the whole article comes out is. Why don't you just eat the fish they're eating? And yeah, it's like the ten percent rule, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of energy accumulation going up yeah. versus that, and then that's how much it takes is the biomass changes and and energy movement up the trophic level. Just to, to eat a top tier carnivore, you're having to acquire a lot more energy, not only from that, but from everything that it eats. And that's how bioaccumulation works and all that stuff up the food chain just gets magnified. Right. Well, here's actual numbers here. So back in 2014, numbers, yay. Yay. 460,000 tons of of wild caught fish were caught to produce 179,000 tons of salmon, of farm salmon. Oops. Yeah. So what is that like? Yeah. Um, and, and then most of the fish they're using for that for that are already fish that already are in the market. So things like sardines and anchovies, which humans mm-hmm. already recognize as food fish, those are the ones being used to make the fish food. So they, they're saying, just eat more anchovies, just eat more <laughs> more more uh, more sardines. Here's what they're where they're going with this article. Fish and bugs, protein of the future. I I think so. I think bait, so. Bait fish and bugs. Yeah, and that's really the whole article. It's not a lot to it. I just wanted to like. You know, I, I like to find it's, it's always nice once in a while to see an article that says what I've been saying for years. You know, it kind of like that. It's gratifying. Confirmation bias. That's the word. I feel <laughs> I feel confirmed. <laughs> easy, Clay. Easy. I'll, I teach whole classes on that problem. <laughs> I know. Well, but, you know, I, I it also feels good sometimes. But like it or not, it feels good to like, OK, I was right about something. All right. And finally, Doc, you might have seen this one. There, scientists made a fish from human cardiac cells. And it swims. Oh, like I haven't a, seen that one. Oh, no, this God. is new. This is so cool. So, so scientists are trying to grow human hearts in a lab to help with mm-hmm. with babies with heart problems, and that's they've been failing. But now they found out that they can do it, and they were able to grow this fish. They call it. They're calling it a fish, but they're able to grow this this muscle tissue that beats like a heart, and they actually insert it into some fins and stuff. And put it in the water. It swims around in a saline solution, and uh, yeah. And guess how long it lived 
in this solution, flapping around with no, they didn't add anything to it. Once they got it going, it went, guess how long? Do you guess? Uh, 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 weeks. A hundred days. Oh, that's pretty good. This so that's, muscle. That's weeks. Yeah, this yeah. muscle, this heart beat for a hundred days. They use cardiomycites grown from stem cells. And they're, they're really, what they're doing, they're trying to grow hearts. And this is kind of on their track to getting it. So this is a huge thing. They call it a biohybrid awesome. fish. And they're looking at two regulatory features of the heart. So their ability to function spontaneously. So this, that's what they made. It. This, this thing was moving spontaneously. There was no brain in there. It was not, not being signaled, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and then the other thing is they wanted it to be able to message it. So mecha, mechanoelectrical signaling, they call it. So then they were able to wire it up and make it do things with some electrical signals. And they were able to oh, get so all cool. that to happen. This was done in Harvard, and this was a big deal to them. Yeah. Um, oh, heck yeah, it's a big deal. Because this is on, and it's so cute too. You should go on, you can go, I'll put a link up in the show notes, but you can go on and YouTube and see this thing swimming around. And it's just a cute fish muscle thing that they made. It's like, it's like a little robot fish. So I just think it's really cool. It's cutting edge. It's not a fish, it, but they're would calling you call it a fish. an organic robot? I, I would call it organic robot, yeah. Except for the plastic so on there. But I think we're on the way to something here. And that's just like the beginning. It's tiny, but it worked. And so I've been super kind of following this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what happens next with all this kind of stuff. It's kind of exciting. That's super cool. Yeah. And the implications are someday, now that they've solved these two problems, solved, but they've mm-hmm. started to dive into a solution for these two problems, you know, biomechanical hearts on the way. Because they just had a guy, what, a month ago, get a, I think, was it a pig heart or a baboon heart? And he... Pig, right? Pig, and he he just died. He he died a couple days ago, so he was doing well for a while. Then it kind of didn't work, and it hasn't it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so that may be the the new direction. Maybe okay. Maybe we can't put you know pig mm-hmm. hearts in people, but maybe we can grow people people hearts out of their own stem cells, and then your body won't reject it because it's your own body. So, right. Yeah. Unless you'd have an autoimmune disease, I bet that would make a difference. I bet it would. I guess nothing, nothing so simple. Thanks, Doc. Yeah. Thanks for wrecking my party. <laughs> so, but Sorry. I, it, it, it was it was pretty exciting stuff. So um, that's that's all the news I have, Doc. So I'm gonna play my news outro music here. That's good news. That's good news. All right, Doc. So now I'm actually going to let you go because hey, I, sounds I, good. I, yeah, I, I got another got, meeting to hop off. To. And I, I have to. I have. It's it's so nice out today. I've got some fishing to get to, but I will catch up with you later. And Doc, how can people find you again? What's your email? Erica C Ecology at gmail.com. And and you'll join the Fish Nerds Facebook group, and that's where Doc's hanging out all the time because she has nothing better to do. Nothing. I did it. That didn't just get promoted or anything. <laughs> no, congratulations, Doc. <laughs> Yay. Yay. All right, Doc, I'm going to let you get, get, get. All right. All right, bye. Thanks, Clay. Bye. Recording stopped. Well, that was fun having Doc Martin on the show. Happy episode 300, Doc. Thanks for all you've done. And she's done even more for us. She's written some original music for us. So in a little bit, we're going to play that. But first, I want to kind of cycle back to thanking you for listening to the podcast over the last 10 years, 300 episodes, more than 500 files uploaded to our media host. So you've had lots of 
lots of fun here with the Fish Nerds. And I'm going to invite you to be part of the 300 episode celebrations. I've got a prize package here. I've got a copy of Why Fish Don't Exist by Lulu Miller, who we interviewed in a previous podcast. I've got a box of jigs from the Crappie Hippie. Yeah, box of jigs, glass water, lead-free jigs. And I've got a Fish Nerds buff, all in a little package here, ready to mail out to you. And to win them, all you've got to do is call us, 607-378-FISH, 607-378-FISH, and leave us a message about what 300 episodes of Fish Nerds means, or congratulate us, or congratulate yourself for tolerating us for that long. Whatever it takes, have some fun with it. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on air. Entry to win that prize package. 607-378-FISH is the hotline, the Fish Nerds hotline. Say whatever you want, and we'll use it on a future episode. We're going to run this contest until April 31st. Is there 31 days? The last day of April, whatever, the 30th. And then you say so you have a lot of time to get that call in. 607-378-FISH. And just leave us a message and you're in. That simple. Speaking of Patreon, uh, we would not have a podcast for this long if it wasn't for our Patreon subscribers. And I don't spend nearly enough time thanking you. And a lot of people have come in the last couple of months. To be honest, I haven't been able to log on to my Patreon account in a couple of months. I'm back on it now. I had to do all this kind of research to reset passwords and stuff. So I got rewards coming out for those who deserve them very soon. Be patient. Uh, I'm getting back in the game here. Um, but I do want to thank you all. And I got a special, uh, some special music from Doc Martin coming just for you on there. She wrote a couple silly songs that she didn't really want in the podcast. But I think for you guys, I can make a special one and send them out to you later this week. So... I'm going to thank everybody who's currently on our Patreon. And if you're a previous Patreon subscriber, uh, we do appreciate you too. I just don't have a list of pre- previous people. So in no particular order, here we go. Sparky Jackson, thank you. David, and I'm going to say your name's wrong because that's how I roll. David Dumetruscu, thank you. Matthew Klinsmith, thanks. Chuck Hobble, thank you so much. James Paul McNeil, glad you're with us. Knitting Daddy Greg, he makes podcasts. He did me little things here and there. Thank you. Kevin Jones, thanks. David, or Dave, excuse me, Williamson, thank you. Olaf Nelson, been with us for a while. Chandler Dobson, thank you. Christopher Englert, Englert thank you. Mike O'Keefe, John's Soundboard. I like that. <laughs> thank you, John's Soundboard. Uh, Chad O'Leary, thanks. Alan Byrne, thank you so much. Been with us a long time. Renegade Clock, thank you. And Courtney D, thank you so much. Anthony DiPolito. You are awesome. Thank you so much. And let's see what else we got. Jonathan Sutter. Awesome. Thank you. B.A. Met, my friend Bethany. Thank you. Sean Bradbury. You're awesome. Thank you. Ed Hind. Happy you're with us. Rich Collins. Like uh, Rich Collins is still with us after all these years. Andrew Lewin from the Speak Up for Lou podcast. Kevin Kupzik. Thank you. Reed Sutter. Awesome that you're here. Fish Guy Josh. Haven't heard from you in a long time, Fish Guy. Big Buck Registry. Big Buck Podcast is giving us money. David Redden. Thank you. David Redden from uh, from Maryland, making his own YouTube channel. Ray Layton from England, thank you so much. Lindsay Freeman, you are awesome. Jeff Downson, our effing librarian. Ryan, no last name, thank you. And my mother-in-law, Suzanne Nelson, thank you so much, everybody. Without that uh, Patreon money, we would not have a podcast. And just a few dollars goes a long month. We're asking people to give us like five bucks a month, simple. And you can go to patreon.com slash fishnerds, or just go to patreon.com and look for the Fish Nerds. And you can give us money that way. And we're going to keep the show going. 300 episodes. We're excited to keep on going. Now, let's get into some music with Doc Martin. I've got three songs from Doc. Uh, first one's called Soars. The next one is 535. And then 
Fish Shanty is the last one, kind of a fun one there. So I'm going to play them all right in order, and then that will wrap the show up. And again, 607-378-FISH is our Fish Nerds hotline. And uh, we've got that prize package for you, so give us a call, leave us a voicemail. And it's that simple. And of course, Patreon subscribers, you're going to get three songs from Doc Martin. One's called Evolution, one's called Hagfish, and one's called Bloodfish. She won't like them sending them to you, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway. Here is your music.
take three and a half. <laughs> I forgot to say the things. <laughs> you think in 300 episodes, I'd get it right. Hey, thank you uh, so much for tuning into the Fish Nerds podcast. You've listened to a bunch of Fish Nerds when you should have been fishing. Big fat thanks to Doc Martin, all the Fish Nerds correspondents, all the Patreon subscribers, everyone who's listened and interacted over the years. Thanks to Wally Pleasant for our theme music. Thank you to, uh, let's see, who else? Diane's Bath Salts for, I didn't write this stuff down, for the music for the Fish in the News and everybody else who's given us some fun stuff over the years. We will still be with you. And we look forward to next week's Fish Nerds podcast. Now we can, oh yeah, until next time, follow the code of the Fish Nerds, spawn early and often. Never trust a free lunch of strings attached and swim against the current every chance you get. Those ankles wet or deep in the ocean, casting nets. Fish Nerds. Fish Nerds. Fish Nerds. It's a podcast. Just for the halibut. Fried in a basket or broiled in a pan. Eat it raw like you're in Siam. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast.